Hey, Shepherd family, this is Pastor Scott Seidler, and I bring grace to you and peace from God our Father, through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. This weekend, we're going to be starting a new message series here at Shepherd. It's a message series that I've been working on in concert with a number of other pastors throughout the country. In conversations between us, we've come to realize that as our country reopens, as economies and localities restart business, Christianity has business to do as well, and it's time for us to reopen also. As we reopen, though, we recognize that we can't go back to what we had been doing. What we had been doing just wasn't working. Christianity has been in decline in America for a long time. There's no question about that. The only question now, as we have discovered online worship, digital ministry platforms, other means of connecting Christians with Christians across the world, the only question is, how have we changed? What will we be doing different? And, along with that, what are we committed to keeping the same? Today, I want to begin by bringing you into a story, a time in the Old Testament when God's people themselves were struggling to understand the future and still pining and thinking about the joys that they had in the past. Uh, before we get there, though, let me just start with this simple kind of gathering statement. Human beings by nature are nostalgic. We like nostalgia. We like to go back to old haunts and familiar places in order to revisit some of the safety and security we perceived we had in former days. It's not unlike going to your high school graduation, uh, your high school reunion, when you're 70 years old, even though you didn't go when you were in your 60s, 50s, 40s, and 30s. At some point in time, nostalgia catches up with all of us. And even though we have not been to our high school graduations in years past, by the time you reach your 70s and 80s, I know a lot of folks that have gone back and sparked up conversation, picked up relationships where they left off 50, 55 years earlier. Yeah, we are by nature nostalgic, and nostalgia will always come out at some point in time. It's not unlike the times when we uh, drive through our old hometowns and we've got the kids, the grandkids in tow, and we make a drive by the place where we grew up, our old homestead. We tell stories, we point out trees and cricks and other topographical features that marked our childhood. We might even still see the cracks in the sidewalk with which we rode our bikes and measured uh, the distance from one crack to another. Nostalgia is part of human nature. You know, it's like when you go into your phone and you realize you've got 8,000 pictures and you can't even go through all 8,000 pictures in a single 24-hour period. And yet when someone suggests that you go and delete some of those 8,000 pictures that are stored on your phone, your iCloud is, is maxed out. You have no more memory left for storage. And you think to yourself, how, how can I possibly... How can I possibly delete any of these pictures? They are nostalgic remembrances of things past, and they are sacred. 
I remember the time that I went and visited my Aunt Gwen's house and Uncle Cliff as well, but Uncle Cliff had died. Aunt Gwen was much older at this stage, and I had not been there in at least 20, 25 years. And as I walked in to her house, um, I had a flood of memories. I always thought that this house in Glenview, Illinois was huge. That um, as you walked in, I always thought it was so cool how it was a ranch home. Everything was on one floor. You didn't have to walk up any stairs to go to bed. You uh, walked in and, and you could see right through into the backyard these massive, massive pine trees, evergreen trees. And, and I always thought this is a really cool house until I walked in 25 years after my last visit. And I thought to myself, this foyer is so, so tight. The galley kitchen to the right is so small. The living room, only three steps beyond the foyer, is, um, wow, not, not really what I remember it. Oh, right down this hallway to the left, you take five steps and you're at all three bedrooms. Wow, this house that as a little person I thought was so massive um, did not meet up with my nostalgia when I entered it as an adult. I tell you that so I can simply tell you this. Nostalgia is part of human nature. And I know that many of us are thinking about what it will be like to get back to normal. To get back to the way things were. The challenge for God's people is that as we move forward, nostalgia can't be our God. The God of the future, the God of the forward, that's where we find God. That's the place, that's the place where ministry and mission really happen. In the book of Exodus, the first 14 chapters are dedicated to the Israelites, the children of God, leaving Egypt and uh, making their way toward the promised land. They uh, saw the plagues, they saw the Passover where the angel of death came over all the homes of Egypt and killed um, those uh, firstborn. An amazing story of God's judgment on sin, his uh, hatred of slavery, of human indentured servitude. <laughs> um, the Israelites had seen all of that. And they followed Moses out of Egypt and they came to the Red Sea and they saw God lead them through the Red Sea. They saw in their rearview mirror, they saw Pharaoh's army floating dead in the Red Sea. God had delivered them in amazingly miraculous, supernatural ways. And yet, and yet, by the time we get to the end of chapter 15 in the book of Exodus, you can stop right now, by the way, and read this. By the time we reach the final verses of chapter 15, by the time we make our way into Acts chapter, or Exodus chapter 16, Acts, that's Wednesday nights, uh, but Exodus chapter 16 and then chapter 17, we see the people of God who are not even 30 days removed from slavery in Egypt complaining complaining. Three times we are told they complain about what they nostalgically missed in Egypt <laughs> and what they are ready to go back to in slavery to regain. Forgetting 
all the miraculous things that God had done in order to lead them forward into the future, into the mission, into the ministry of the promised land that God had set before them. How dare they? How, how could they? How could they displace the God of their salvation for the nostalgia of their slavery? It's a very real question in the book of Exodus, but the fact of the matter is the people of God did it, and they did it extravagantly. <laughs> they complained, and they questioned God and his servant Moses again and again and again. And I remind you of this. This is really the critical little historical nugget. They weren't even a month. They weren't even a month out of Egypt. Imagine that. And yet they were complaining. In response, what did God do? God met them in their complaint, provided them with sweet water, end of chapter 15, provided them with manna and quail so their stomachs could be filled, uh, chapter 16, and gave them more water, Exodus 17. All in spite of their complaining, all with the invitation, trust me in the future. Don't revisit your past. That's the critical question that we face today just as they faced then. Shepherd family, thanks for joining me this weekend in worship. Here's, here's the question that I have for you. Are you ready to move into that future? Are you ready to be faced with some questions about life in the rearview mirror that cannot be as defining for our life in the future? Are you ready to confront the truth that being a Christian in America sometimes means that we elevate our American identity over and above our Christian identity? Are you ready to confront the truth that the resources we so richly have in so many parts of America cannot be the God of our spiritual lives? That the only God that's worthy of our souls, of our spiritual well-being, is the one who is the author of all those resources in the first place. Are you ready to walk into a future that has been refined by this time of pandemic shelter in place and get after the mission that is so richly before us. You know, these past several weeks we've been on Wednesday nights in our shepherd gathers, uh, gatherings. Uh, we've been studying the book of Acts. A book in which the church did not have a lot of resources. A book in which there were a lot of headwinds against the church. Culture was set against the church. It didn't have a whole lot of upside. But that church winsomely went forward into that culture. It brought the gospel of love, of mercy, a, a, a prophetic witness that was unrelenting, to be sure. <laughs> there are the Ten Commandments and they are not suggestions. And yet... That Christian church was known by one word, how they loved the people with whom they lived and shared life, how they gave away all that they had for the greater gain of getting heaven. 
people noticed that in the early church. My concern is people aren't noticing that about the Christian church in America today. Uh, you can give all kinds of objections to that, and, and some of those objections actually have a, a hint of truth and validity to them. Don't disagree with that. But we've got to get to a place where the Christian church is known for its loving integrity, not for other descriptors of it that really are not fitting for the body of Christ. Well, let's get after it, because time is passing. As one part of Scripture says, we must work while it is day, for night comes when no one can work. Um, night is arriving. It's falling upon us. But it's not night yet. We've got work to do, and we've got the Holy Spirit of the risen Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, at work in us and through us. So let's get after it. Let's not complain. Let's look forward in faith and know that there is a promised land waiting for us just as there was a promised land for those children of Israel who walked out of Egypt and its slavery and into a wilderness, 40 years worth, no doubt, but a wilderness that had an upside, a wilderness that had an other side. A wilderness that was bookended by the promise that the God who took, took the children of Israel out of Egypt would be the very God who greeted the children of Israel when they stepped foot in that promised land. Shepherd, we trust the God of this promise. Amen. And now may the peace of God which passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus both now and forever. Amen.